What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Space News Live podcast. We're streaming to you live here from Helsinki, Finland. There's no edits here. What you hear is what you get. My name is Rob. I'll be your host today. Today's date is November 8th, 2017. Welcome, everybody. I want to welcome everybody listening live right now on spacenewslive.com and uh, twitch.tv. Uh, which is uh, who's hosting the uh, the live podcast right now? Welcome everybody. Um, we're um, it's nine p.m. right now here in Helsinki, and for, if my math is correct, it's around uh, around the two p.m. time on the uh, the East Coast in the uh, Virginia area where I uh, used to do the show. Um, but now, of course, we're a little bit in the future and uh, moved to uh, Finland, so that's where we are. And Thanks to uh, technology, we can still do the show live. We can still record it, still do all our good stuff here. Um, so here we are for another episode. Episode 10. What a milestone. 10 episodes we've done now since the uh, beginning of Space News Live. Um, not that long ago, because we try to do one about every week, two weeks sometimes, or uh, a month or two, whatever, <laughs> if you move uh, to another country. You know, it happens. you got to ship your stuff, right? Um but that's okay. Here we are. Um, so we'll go ahead and get the news uh, started for uh, this week. Um, and we'll go ahead and start it off on a sad note, and then we'll, we'll just build up from there. Um, if you've been paying attention to uh, Twitter or NASA or the news at all, um, you know, former astronaut Richard Gordon, better known as Dick Gordon, uh, passed away on November 6th, uh, a couple of days ago. Um, he was, uh, the, if you don't know who he was, and I'll be honest, I had to kind of look this up too, because it's not one of those names like um, Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, you know, those guys where, you know, you knew exactly who they were. This guy uh, was uh, the command module pilot on Apollo 12, which was uh, the, uh, if you don't, if you're not familiar, <laughs> of course, Apollo 12 was the second uh, lunar landing uh, mission that uh, NASA had. Um, um, it was, uh, probably a highlight of his life to be on that, uh, that mission right there. Um, and, uh, acting, uh, NASA administrator, Robert uh, Lightfoot, uh, put out a statement, uh, about, uh, the passing of Dick Gordon. And I quote, he says, uh, NASA and the nation have lost one of our early space pioneers. We send our condolences to the family and loved ones of Gemini and Apollo astronauts, Dick Gordon, or Richard Gordon, he said, uh, a hero from uh, NASA's third class of astronauts. Third class. Ever. Uh, and that's a pretty cool um, statement there. Uh, very sad news, uh, but what a great life story. Um, to have flown to the second ever lunar mission to see the moon far closer than any of us probably ever will with our own eyes. And uh, to end up flying two missions uh, in his career, which is more than... Uh, a lot of astronauts ever get to do right. So, if you want to read more about uh, his um, his his uh, career and uh, about the uh, the passing of uh, of Dick Gordon, you can head over to the um, the link. It's in the show notes. Um, it'll be the very first top story uh, when you open up the show notes and read more about that. Okay, so moving on to our next story. Um, this one, of course, uh, is a little late. Um, this uh, normally I do the podcast on. Uh, on Tuesdays, but of course today's Wednesday, and uh, so I'm going to go with this, um, and I, I blame Microsoft completely for this. Uh, you can check it out on, on Twitter if you want a, more, a little bit more explanation, but in a nutshell, I turned on the computer you know, a couple hours before the podcast was going to air, and it's like, oh, I need to um, 
install some updates. And apparently I'm like, well, it's not, not a big deal. I've installed tons of updates here on my Windows 10 machine. Well, this one must have been one heck of an update because it was taking forever. You know, we're, I'm like, come on, come on, let's go. And, you know, it finally got to the point where I was like, I had to call it. I'm just like, I can't do this show. Um, I don't want to just put together something, you know, half done. So I, I had the call, you know, I'd make the call. It's, it just got delayed a day. Um, no, not a big deal, but this store in particular, I really wanted to get it out there yesterday. So anyways, um, if, if you've been following on Twitter, uh, the Kennedy Space Center Twitter account has been very active lately. They're holding kind of a contest. They're, I think they named it a lottery more so that they are running. Um, and basically what it is, a chance to experience the launch of SpaceX's CRS-13 mission in person. How cool would that be to be flown there in person and get to see the launch? Um, the deadline, <laughs> again, was supposed to be before the, the podcast was going to air before the deadline. But now here we are. We're a little bit too late. It was November 7th, yesterday at 11.59 Eastern Time. So... About like 14 hours ago for, for everyone in the East Coast listening. Um, but hey, if you happen to notice it and you follow the Kennedy Space Center Twitter account and you got your your entry in, here's what you have a chance to win. You can uh, win a chance to view the launch of SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket. That alone's worth it, in my opinion. You get a tour of NASA's uh, facilities at the Kennedy Space Center. You get to speak with representatives from NASA and SpaceX. Pretty cool. View, you get to view and take photos uh, with the Falcon 9 rocket um, at the Space Launch Complex. And you also get to meet uh, fellow space enthusiasts who are active on social media. Because I think this was supposed to be kind of a, a uh, social media thing. Like if you, you promote things you know, on social media, like space-related stuff on social media, you have a lot of followers. They wanted somebody that would be there to take pictures and promote it even more. They want this to grow. Just um, the common knowledge of, of you know, all the rockets launching and get people excited about space uh, and space exploration again. I guess. So if you were interested, I had a link and you, you can still go and read about it. And if you uh, did or did not, you know, register. But um, it's over on NASA.gov's website. Uh, in you know, good luck to everybody who reg- who happened to register. And again, I apologize for getting this story out just a little a little late. Um, next time, I'll try to boot my computer up a little earlier and get those uh, updates installed ahead of time. All right, uh, looks like uh, new plans uh, for the next rover to touch down on Martian soil is coming to light for all of us to see. Um, they're they're making plans for the the next uh, rover to go out and to explore the surface of Mars, and they're telling us all about what's going to be what's going what that rover's going to look like, the features, the equipment it's going to have, the instruments. It's really cool. They're um, they're promising for a twenty twenty the year twenty twenty launch um, to get uh, from Mars to get the next robotic visitor. We'll see, and as you'll hear shortly on the podcast, a lot of, and you probably know this anyways, but a lot of NASA's plans seem to slip, you know? In fact, I was reading, uh, like I talked about on the last podcast, uh, uh, Scott Kelly's book, and he's talking about how NASA has more scrubs than anything. I mean, he said, you know, you never really said you are going to launch that day until basically the the engines lit up, because you more likely weren't. And he compares it to the way the Russians launch, and 
they have like apparently never scrubbed a launch or maybe once they scrubbed a launch ever in their history. So if you get in that seat and they lock the hatch, you're gone. I mean, most likely anyways, right? But uh, anyways, uh, the rover that's going to Mars uh, will feature 23 cameras total, which is six more than the Curiosity rover and 13 more than the twin rovers Spirit and Opportunity have. So 23 cameras for all of us to see. Um, and uh, the camera, the main camera will be called the Mast Cam Z, which serves as the main set of eyes for the new rover unit. A lot of us have seen the main set of eyes for all the other uh, rovers like Curiosity and Spirit and Opportunity. And it's, you know, it's a good image, right? But um, apparently this one's going to be way better than anything we've ever had before. And that that really gets me excited. Um, uh, the Z in Mastercam Z actually stands for the word zoom. This one will have zoom. Apparently none of the other cameras ever had zoom before. It's like a fixed, you know, zoom, a fixed wide angle, uh, picture we got. And it wasn't even that wide of an angle, right? So, um, they always had to stitch all the pictures together and everything. But, um, but anyways, for the zoom, they haven't really, um, the details haven't come forward with how powerful the zoom will be. So we'll see, you know, what they can, what, what capabilities they'll have. And, of course, it's still got a few years before it launches, so that could change with just technology and, and whatnot. Um, and this one can take, apparently, more 3D images than ever before. Has, um, has It has better scouting capabilities and uh, geologic features of, of interest, I guess, for taking samples and things. There's all kinds of features on this rover that we've never had before. And of course, you know, it's it's the newest one, so it should, right? If it was the same thing we've got up there, why even send it, you know? But um, just to break down the, the, the 23 cameras, seven of the cameras will be a part of a scientific package. Seven uh, of the rovers, seven are for the rover's entry, descent, and landing. Um, and then I guess those really are going to be used once and done seven of them. That's kind of a bummer, but, um, and nine are engineering cameras, which will help with the navigation, the obstacle avoidance, the stuff we're used to seeing, you know, it's like, Whoa, there's a giant boulder. Let's go around that. Um, something you may or may not know though, is that so far all the cameras on board, every Rover currently on Mars have only taken black and white photos. And you may be thinking, wait a second, I've seen color photos of Mars. Um, it's the orange color, right? You know, but actually that's a false color that they put on the images. Um, it's not, you're not seeing a true color representation. So the, and what's cool about this master cam Z is it will be a color camera. So we'll get to see our first true color images from the surface of Mars. Um, it, it's going to be a high resolution. It's going to have a high resolution color sensor um, for those amazing pictures they're promising. And let's see. And, and this one's got a wider uh, lens than ever before. Most of the previous rovers, uh, they just took a bunch of little pictures, and which takes a long time to take those little pictures, transmit them back to NASA, and stitch them together and get them out to us, right? Well, this one is just going to have a really uh, wide um, lens and apparently going to be able to take just basically one shot and get the same amount of viewing angles we're used to seeing. So imagine a few of those shots. I mean, we're going to have some huge, massive pictures. Or maybe they won't need to do the multiple shots, the stitching anymore. Maybe that's the idea. I don't know. 
But um, Space.com wrote up a really good story about it. I've got a link uh, in the show notes, um, of course. Check it out and read all about it. And I'm sure as we get closer to the launch, you know, we're definitely going to get a lot more details and, and get to see this thing, too. Some pictures will be cool. Uh, all right, let's look at SpaceX. They're, um, they're launching another um, satellite into orbit. It will be the KoreaSat 5A. Um, they'll be launching on October 30th. Wait a second. SpaceX's launch of Korea. <laughs> oh, okay. My bad. Okay. I apologize. <laughs> hey, it's live, you know. I, I try to pre-read all this stuff because I write this stuff. Just a little background. I write this stuff, you know, throughout the week. I don't do it all right at the last minute because things happen throughout the week, right? And then, and and, and I apparently didn't read this correctly. And Anyways, let's get back to the story. Uh, SpaceX, uh, their launch of the KoreaSat 5A rocket on, on October 30th, just a few days ago, doubles the amount of launches for um, for SpaceX. Um, they uh, they tied the uh, record of 16 launches in a single year. Apparently that was the record. Um, uh, or it is the current record, I should say. 16 launches, they're up to 16 now. They're, they're tied with the United Launch Alliance. Uh, back in 2009, they launched 16 rockets into space. And if you're keeping track, it was five Atlas Vs, eight Delta Twos, and three Delta Fours. But um, that equals 16, and that's what SpaceX is at right now with their Korea set. But they don't plan on stopping there. They've got more launches on the horizon before the end of 2017, so they're going to set a new record this year. Um, they are planning the Zuma mission and another IA International Space Station uh, resupply mission, an Iridium launch, and a Falcon Heavy debut all before the end of the year. And we're on November 8th, so they better get busy. Um, that some of that may slip because I mean, we're looking at less than two months to launch one, two, three, four, four more launches. I mean, not impossible, of course, but. You know, they better get busy, but space.com has more on that. Of course, we've got a link in the show notes and just do a little edit here and we'll get that all up to date. That will do it for the, uh, the, the news really that's been going on the major, um, events that have happened in, in, in the NASA community or the space community really more than just NASA. Um, and we'll head into the events that you want to put on your calendar. Now this has changed so many times since I have been working on this, uh, the show notes here. And it just goes to show you nothing NASA says is solid until it happens. Just like uh, Scott Kelly is saying, they scrub their scrubs. You know, it's like, whoa. Okay, so apparently today, Wednesday, November 8th, when I edited the notes last night... Um, because of the whole Windows update thing, I was like, well, let's update some of these events. Well, they had updated the, they said, and I quote them, today, Wednesday, November 8th at 4 p.m. and 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time, there will be the pre-launch and science briefings for the JPSS-1 weather satellite. No longer the case. They've changed that. The NOAA JPSS-1 weather satellite is now, as of now, um... As of November eighth, at like just a little bit ago, um, at seven forty three p.m. to be exact, uh, or twelve forty three p.m. Eastern, um, they've listed the uh, the launch to be no earlier than Tuesday, November fourteenth. 
Um, all that's all they say though is no no earlier than the Tuesday, November fourteenth. So no solid date yet. Stay tuned for that. You can uh, stay get these same dates from NASA.gov's website. Um, then they also had Friday, November tenth at four forty seven a.m. Eastern or eleven forty seven a.m. in my time. Uh, a little easier to watch. Uh, was supposed to be the launching. Uh, then oh. <laughs> Then, and then it was November 10th. So it was November 8th and November 10th of the JPSS-1 uh, satellite. Now, you know, they're saying later November 14th. I don't know what's going on with that thing, but they're keep delaying it. And they've got a lot of conflicting information on their website. So hopefully they can, you know, get that solidified soon. Uh, they've also reporting that the pre-launch, now updated again, the pre-launch briefings for the Orbital ATK cargo launch Um uh, to the International Space Station will be held on Friday, November 10th. They're saying Friday, November 10th. That's two days from now. Uh, there's no time listed, but I'm sure that will come in, in time, so just pay close attention for that. On s- the following day, Saturday, November 11th, at uh, uh, 7.37 a.m. Eastern Time. So Saturday, November 11th, 7.37 a.m. Eastern, is the launch of the Orbital ATK Cargo Resupply Mission to the space station. So the pre-launch briefings will be, let's see, on November 10th. The launch is November 11th. So hopefully that stays true. Um, It's coming up quick, so they're either going to do it or delay it, right? (laughs) All right, so that's all that was on the calendar coming up um, real soon. Um, uh, We'll move into Today in Space um, in this one happened about 50 years ago well this was today yesterday but i didn't change it just because the show was originally supposed to be yesterday so i left it november 7th on november 7th 50 years ago yesterday um or 50 years in one day ago (laughs) surveyor six uh launched uh for the moon and uh to uh and what exactly did it try to do we'll talk more about that uh, coming up in the bonus question in just a few minutes, so stay tuned. Um, if you know a little Surveyor and Surveyor Six uh, history, you might might do good on the uh, the bonus question. And now checking in with the International Space Station crew on social media. Um, and this one uh, is cheating a little bit. Uh, I had, to, but I had to include it. Um, astronaut Jack Fisher, not on the International Space Station anymore, but of course one of our favorites uh, that used to be. Uh, he tweeted out a congratulating uh, message uh, to the Astros for winning the World Series. Um, we had to, you know, it was a really cool and really nice tweet for him to do. We liked him so much on the Space News podcast. We have to make an exception every now and then. And this used to be his slot in the show, just his slot. So <laughs> I figure it's, it's only right, right? And on top of his tweet, Johnson Space Center tweeted out a picture of the crew at Mission Control Center in Houston, showing off their support for the Houston Astros as well. They had lots of tweets um, about the the Astros, and lots of um, tweets wishing them good luck, and then also congratulating them on the win once they locked that in. Speaking of Jack Fisher, though, um, there was a, a picture tweeted out. Uh, Senator, Senator Ted Cruz actually tweeted out a picture of him, and Jack Fisher shaking hands uh, in Texas, most likely, probably Austin, as they met to uh, talk about Jack's recent mission on board the International Space Station. Uh, let's see. Uh, yesterday, Randy Bresnick uh, tweeted out 
how you and what he said is how you know it's been a busy day on board the International Space Station. It's when you have to take the laptop to the outhouse or the bathroom is what he's referring to. He posted a picture of the space station bathroom with a laptop mounted to like sort of an articulating arm, which was then mounted to the wall. Um, and it looked very permanent, uh, like it's been there for a while, maybe. Um, he followed his his uh, original um, words saying, just kidding, you know, uh, we, we need to follow procedures when fixing the space toilet. And I'm just thinking, right, that, that mount uh, looked awful permanent and awful used to just be fixing the toilet. <laughs> Maybe been doing a little surfing on the, uh, on the laptop. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but NASA has an answer for everything, I guess. So uh, we'll just let that one go. All right, moving on to the bonus question. Earlier we mentioned uh, that the Surveyor 6 launched to the moon on November 7th, 1967, about 50 years ago and a day now. Um, Well, the question that I uh, wanted to ask, because I like to ask something that relates back to the show earlier in the show, what do you think the job of of the Surveyor 6 spacecraft was? Any idea? It wasn't just up there for fun, and it wasn't up there just to take pictures. It was actually to provide information to NASA about the potential Apollo landing sites. It landed on the moon three days after its launch on November 7th, and it landed in it, uh, just launched in Sinus uh, Medelli. Sinus Medei? I don't even know how you say it. Basically, it landed in the center of the moon's visible hemisphere and started sending back uh, images of the site. And it also analyzed the soil composition so they would know when they came to land exactly what they were going to be landing on and what the surface was going to feel like. They'd never done it before, so they didn't quite know what to expect. They had a pretty good idea. But um, surveyor spacecraft like this helped them determine that. In the end, on February of 1968, NASA's Apollo Site Selection Board closed an error, an error, closed an era, uh, closed an area, if I could read, near Surveyor 6's location and made that one of the five potential landing zones for the first manned mission. Pretty cool. And normally that would be where we wrap up the show, but I wanted to do a second bonus question, something we don't normally do, and hopefully we don't have to do very often. But I wanted to, when an astronaut passes, I'd like to pay a little tribute to him with a little bonus question in their honor. So this will be a question about former astronaut Dick Gordon. And what I, I hinted on it, in fact, the answer was actually said earlier, and I, I didn't realize it until I, I actually read it uh, live here. But I hopefully didn't skip a beat so nobody even really noticed. So we'll see how, how close you were really paying attention. What was astronaut Dick Gordon's other mission he flew on? We said he flew on the second lunar landing mission, which was Apollo 12. But what was the other one? He had two space flights in his career at NASA. Apollo 12 and blank. What was it? Well, the answer is he was the pilot for the three-day Gemini 11 mission in 1966. The Apollo 12 was his second mission and his final mission at NASA. 
pretty cool. So Gemini and Apollo, you know, guys are lucky to go on one. He got to go on two, even that early in NASA's uh, existence. So anyways, there you have it. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Uh, we're live here in Helsinki, Finland. I hope you enjoyed everything and learned something a little bit about uh, what's been going on in the space community. If you haven't had a chance to, you know, cruise around all the websites and read it, I can do that for you. Um, I want to thank you for joining me. Joining me, And you can always stay up to date uh, on the live broadcast when they'll be, the times and everything, because sometimes they do vary a little bit. You can check out more on this in the stories we talked about over on the show notes and everything and get the live broadcast information on spacenewslive.com. You can also stay in touch on Twitter at spacenewslive1. That's the number one over on Twitter. We will see you next time for more space news. So stay right here on Space News Live.